The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. I think next time we're going to let y'all hear a little bit more music, kind of get you pumped up, you know, because music after all, that that's that's a rhythm of the, you know, to make it happen. You know, you got to be in rhythm in everything you do as it relates to sports. And if you ain't, man, if you don't have that rhythm, you don't have that flow, if you don't have that flow, then chances are it ain't going to work. So if it don't work, then, you know, you'll be in the studio with me doing a show. <laughs> so, uh, all right, that's enough. That's enough. So, okay, let me just get in and get started here. Hey, man. As always, you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, it matters to me that, hey, you know, Pop. That's right. It's my father-in-law's birthday today. So I just want to say happy birthday to him out there in St. Louis, Missouri. It's the show me state, which I learned the hard way because my wife made me show her just about everything that I said I was going to do. Show me. Don't talk about it. Do it. So what matters to me is that Pop is here with us, and uh, uh, it's my show, so I can say that. I'm going to tell you what else matters to me, though. Football. If you're ready for some football, you should have been. If you, you Come on, football, you don't just get ready. You start preparing. And then as you start preparing, when game day shows up, then you better do your thing. And so uh, quite a few colleges got a chance to do their thing this weekend, and, and some look good and some didn't look good. There were a couple things out there that everybody wanted to talk about and everybody wanted to see. And, of course, I know what I wanted to see. I wanted to see The Ohio State University play. But there was a game that was, you know, a little bit bigger than that, and everybody wanted to see what was going on with Johnny Football. And did Johnny Football deliver? They won. You know, did, did he deliver? He had a good game. But, you know, this is a Heisman Trophy winner. And I think, listen, I'm just going to take it there because I, I think I can uh, because I, I, I was uh, from a distance, you know, I took kind of a, a, a mentee approach to being a student athlete and, you know, conducting myself on the field based upon that of which had been displayed to me by one of the greatest to ever play college football, a person who has two Heisman trophies, and that's Archie Griffin. And so, you know, I think that – like everybody says, you're a role model, so you're supposed to accept the role that they have for you as one who carries this prestigious, the most prestigious trophy that exists in college football, the Heisman Trophy, and you represent now the Heisman Trophy, your university, yourself, your family. And I think just as a quarterback, one, one thing I will say as a quarterback, if there is any position in football where you need to have a bit of humility, it's quarterback. And for the simple reason is this. You are the only one that gets the ball 99% of the time in a football game. The first person to ball to be delivered to besides the center is you. Now, chances are you may sometimes line up in a wildcat and somebody else may get the ball. But the majority of the time, that ball is going to the quarterback. 
the center is snapping it directly to you, you up under center, or either you in some kind of, you know, shotgun formation, whatever. The ball is coming to you. That means it's 11 people on the other side of the ball that's all coming at you. The last thing you need to do is try to do something that's going to piss those 11 people as well as all the other probably 60 people they have on their team on the sidelines to piss them off (laughs) because you want to survive the game. You want to survive the season. And so I, I and, and most quarterbacks in the National Football League, if you and I'm talking National Football League because they represent obviously the epitome of the profession. But if you if you look at most of those quarterbacks, their celebration is singular. It's with them within themselves. They do very little taunting of the other team. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I think they're a little smarter than that. And for that reason alone, I think Johnny should take a look at what those quarterbacks do. After all, that's what he hopes to be one day as a National Football League quarterback. National Football League quarterbacks will tell you the last thing you want to do is to piss off a defensive lineman or a linebacker or a safety. And so in terms of any conversation that you have with them, it should be, man, how's the family? Uh, you know, is the wife okay? How's your dad? How's your mom? You know, your sister, everybody all right? <laughs> that's the that's kind of conversation that you want to have with defensive players if you are a quarterback, particularly if you're a quarterback and you're running some kind of read option. Now, in the NFL, there are rules where they're trying to make the game a little bit more safer. Those same rules don't exist in college football. In college football, you can pretty much get taken out. And, well, you know, there is the, the the exception, whereas there's some rules in there that are protecting players. I think you can even be ejected, you know. But 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 I'm, what I'm saying is that don't increase the risk of getting hurt by taunting people if you are a quarterback. Now I'm just wondering if anybody else out there, if you would like to call and have you know make a comment on that eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Are my guests still on the line or no? Yes. Can somebody like type something to me and let me know what's going on back there? Um, but that, that's what I'm thinking about Johnny Manziel. Now, let me say something else about Johnny football. I don't care who you are. If you had any Division One football team that's in the top ten, you got a coach that's without saying he believes in number one is discipline. You, you can't play football without disciplined football players. Number two, he believes in this, is respect. Respect for yourself, for your family, for, your, for the school, for the university, for yourself, most of all, him. Now, I understand Coach kind of went on defense about what happened with Johnny Manziel, but I'm sorry. But those of us out there that are parents, that are teachers, that are coaches, that, that would provide any type of inspiration, any type of message, any type of communication with a younger individual in order for us to have some indication that you're listening to what we're saying is that you stop and you stand there and you at least look at us when you are walking past us as we are speaking to you that is a show of disrespect and that you don't really give a damn about what we're saying right now and so with that being the case you know with the Johnny Men's uh you know Communication with Coach on sideline side. Coach, I can't, I cannot agree with you that Johnny was not ignoring you. It, it, you know, he might acknowledge you in some capacity, but you know 
That's why you nudged him a little bit, Coach. That Johnny should have stood there if you were come and you approached him as he was coming off the field. If it would have been a play where there was no extracurricular activity going on and you just were about to approach him and he saw you coming towards him off the field, he had done nothing wrong, he would have stopped, he would have stood there, and he would have listened to you. But he, his intent was to ignore you, to walk past you, and keep going. And so I understand we got to be politically correct every now and then, and so we want to do the right thing. So uh, we put a message out to keep things positive because things are going to be positive in Texas a and They're not going to be – there's nothing going to be negative at all as it relates to uh, Johnny and, and, and the team and, and, and what Johnny might have done. And we don't even want to talk about the punishment because, you know, the punishment of which Johnny was dealt is very similar to what I'm – thinking about when I think about what was dealt as it relates to the settlement of the NFL and the concussions. And I don't want to go into that. But listen, if you ain't, if you didn't do anything wrong, if you ain't guilty, you know, then you, 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 you don't, you, you, you ride or die. So in other words, if I'm not guilty, I'm not giving up three quarters of a million dollars if I'm not guilty of anything. And certainly if I'm Johnny, if it's the NC2A, if he didn't do anything wrong, then why did you, you know, sit him down for half a game? Something ain't right about that. Now, for the spirit of moving on and going forward and all that, okay, you could say you did it for those reasons, both in both cases. But common sense. I mean, that's what we all have here. And and, and I'm I'm sorry, but in in public opinion, you know, public opinion is no. You you just don't give in to something that you didn't do. You ride or die. That's how you do. I'm I'm gonna keep it real. I was watching. Snaps this weekend, and there was there was a girl on Snap this weekend that her 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 husband, and her had a little altercation, you know. Either she told him to get out the truck, or or he got out the truck. She got in the driver's seat. Next thing you know, she zoom, she hard right and hit, slammed him up against the wall and killed him. Her thing was it was an accident. She didn't mean to do it. Her foot was stuck or whatever. They wanted to give her some type of sentence if she pleaded. And was, was maximum, I think it was maybe 10 years. She was worried about being away from her kids that, that were three and maybe a couple teenagers. And she didn't want to take the plea. So she wanted to go ahead and, and, and get in front of a jury, thought she could convince them that it was an accident. They gave that woman first degree murder. So she got to serve a life sentence. That woman felt truthfully in her heart and she did have some liquor in her body. That she was intoxicated and that it was an accident. She didn't mean to do it. She was willing to get in front of a, a jury of people to try to convince them that, listen, I'm innocent. I didn't try to kill my husband. This was an accident. I'm, I was intoxicated a little bit. I was emotional. And, and maybe I might have meant to hurt him a little bit, but I didn't mean to kill him. And Pennsylvania is a, is a, is a state that I, uh, I assume, I believe the way it came down is, you know, for it to be, you know, first degree murder, which sometimes is some things that's planned out. You don't need a whole lot of time to plan. If you think about it, boom, that's it. A thought was premeditated. Boom. You thought about it. Boom. You did it. And so that's one extreme. But I'm just trying to say three quarters of a million dollars is another extreme. To give away three quarters of a million dollars worth of, I don't care if it's money, if it's services, if it costs you three quarters of a million dollars, how would you give that to somebody and at the same time say, well, I'm giving this to you, but I, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't know anything. I, I have, I'm just giving you this. 
I didn't do anything well, wrong. Yeah, why you have to show you to give it to If you want to just give us some money, just give me some money. Give me some services if you just want to get you. See, come on now. Again, this is this is for those who out there who got common sense. So I'll tell you what. We're going to let common sense ride or die. I think I got to take a break. If I had two callers, 888-346-9144, call me back. And we're going to talk a little bit more about just what's happening in sports. So y'all be sure to call back. Get on this show with me. We're having a little fun right here. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I hear a little bit of music. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All righty. If you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Football. Football's here. Football's here to stay. So. I'm going to be happy for, for a while. And what's going to matter to me for a while is going to be football. And, and what matters to me is for people to be honest and keep it real. And every now and then when you somebody throws something out there and throw, you know, uh, three quarters of a million dollars at you and say, you know, I'm giving you this money, but I'm giving it to you just to give it to you. But I didn't do nothing wrong and I didn't know nothing, but I'm going to give you three quarters of a million dollars. Hell, just give me. Why don't you just give me the money anyway? Why do we have to go through lawsuit and wait all these years and all these people had to die if you're going to give us three quarters of a million dollars, but you didn't do nothing wrong? I don't, I don't get that, but, but I get that, hopefully. I mean, I get that service that I'm going to need, you know, and a little bit of, you know, money, I, you know, if I need that, too, because I am, you know, y'all know, who, those of you who know me, 
know that I am. Ray probably going to get broke off a little bit, a corner of that, uh, because he got some issues going on. But uh, certainly I want to shout out right now. I'm going to get my man Chef Julian to join me here on the show. Chef Julian out of the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. Chef Julian, how you doing there? I'm doing good. Good, good. What's cooking that way, man? You know, you got. I know you. You got to be a Buckeye fan. I saw you. You were looking at what the Buckeyes did this weekend. We got some pro stuff we talk about, but but let's start right there. You know, uh, the Buckeyes. I mean, what? Well, listen, okay, the Buckeyes. Let's talk about what's cooking. Okay, was they what? Were they? Were they? Were they? Were they was it just summering? You know, simmering. Uh, you know, was it hot? You know, uh, was it warm? You know, what, did they burn the thing up? What, what did the Buckeyes do in their opening game? Was it, how you feel about that showing with the Buckeyes this past weekend against Buffalo? I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought they uh, did did really good in that. In that, but I just don't like how they uh, sound like you got some something going on in the background there, Julie. You got uh, Chef Julie. What you got going on in the background there? You got to cut that down. Oh, I, I, I did. I did. Um, what I didn't like was. All the cramps, like they had, they had like five or six players uh, suffer from cramps. Like you're practicing in the heat like that. You've been practicing in 90 degree weather all summer, and you're not, and you can't stay hydrated, and you're cramping up. We, they had too many players coming out with cramps. Uh, Ryan Shazier. He stayed out for the rest of the game because of a cramp. Well, I, I, let me just say, let me just say something about that. Now you're done. Now, when you talk about a medical issue, and basically that is somewhat of a a, a, a condition of which they can't control. You can try to control it with with hydration, and I'm sure they put as much water in them and 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 Pedialyte and and, and all that other stuff that they drink, and and maybe even somebody might have went back and got an IV, which is the only way you can really assure that there's you know you relieve that that cramp issue. But but that's something really you can't control. It's almost like injuries. You know they're going to happen. You just got to have somebody step in there. But if if that's the only thing that was was that the only thing that you were concerned about when you saw the Buckeyes this weekend? No, I wasn't. I, that's not it. I was concerned with the defense. I mean, we gave up about like what seventeen points on defense. Uh, I don't I don't think we should be able to give up. We can't give up that many points against a real contender like Michigan or Penn State. Uh, real conference play the team. Now, they, now they, when the game was over, I think they had 20 points. How many? But but there was a couple turnovers there, too. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. There was um there was an interception return for a touchdown uh, by Matt for the Buffalo. And you can't let that happen. I mean, that was a that was a mistake. That was one little mistake. But in games where it's going to mean something like against Minnesota or Michigan State, you can't do things like that because those are conference games, and now those are a big, big blow to your so, uh, season if you so, let those happen too much. So let me ask you something. So, so did you think after um, you know the way the you know the Buckeyes showed up on Saturday when the game was all over? with, do you think when you wake up on Tuesday that now all of a sudden the Ohio State Buckeyes are going to drop one instead of being number two, they're going to be number three, and Oregon's going to move up? Did you think that the victory the showing was that bad? that they couldn't sustain their number two position? No, well, when you look at Oregon's game, they won, like, what, 66 nothing, something like that. So I didn't, ex- I didn't expect us to stay at number two because of the big, the big win that they had. So I, didn't, I don't think that it's going to be bad for us that we drop down one spot. I still think that we are still a contender for the national championship. 
Well, it, it well it could matter that well I doubt that well yeah it, it it could be a situation where it could happen for Oregon because Oregon of course doesn't have to worry about uh, too much as it relates to Ohio State being on their team. But if Oregon runs the table, I would say you and, and Alabama runs the table, I would say you got one and two, and you know I would say the Buckeyes are out of it. Uh, you know there may be a game or two on the Buckeye schedule that might get it back for them, but. Uh, when you get that, I think you have to hold on to it. The only thing that can happen is that, you know, a number of teams might, you know, be in contested and would lose games. But most of the times, you're probably going to find at the end of the year and under two undefeated teams vying for that number one position. And uh, the Buckeyes, you know, with that showing, could have, uh, could have, you know, jeopardized their chances. But let me ask you this: Braxton Miller. I'm looking at Braxton. I'm thinking about him as, as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, I'm looking at a young kid, uh, you know, who, who showed up in Johnny Menzel, uh, you know, playing, on, you know, a half of football. I look at those two as perhaps maybe the top two contenders, even though they talk about the kid in South Carolina, uh, you know. But when you look at Braxton and, and you look at Johnny Menzel, uh, who of those two had the better game to you? I think Braxton's done a little bit. I think Braxton's done a little bit in terms of putting weight on. And I think Braxton might have put too much weight on because to me it looks like he's he lost a step or two. You know, there's a couple moves that he made, plant, and should have been gone. It would have been about five yards down the field, and he was still at maybe a yard or two down the field. Did, did, you, did Brandon look like he lost a step to you or you were okay with him? You know, I feel like he's – Braxton, I'm sorry, Braxton. Passing. I think it's like they they told him to focus on his passing. You can't just focus on your feet. So in that game, he wasn't looking to run as much. But there were plays where he obviously should have run, ran, because he could have got a first down in some place if he would have ran. But when you think about it, it's it's a good thing that he's relying on his arm instead of his feet now, because there's less likely he's gonna get injured like that time, like last year when he got hurt in Michigan State, almost buck, buckled his knee. He could have seriously ended his career maybe in well, that play. Well, I certainly agree with you that, you know, I would prefer that he uh, be more of a quarterback that runs out of necessity as opposed to just taking off and going. Uh, but But I do believe from what I saw, uh, even when he took off and he made a decision or if there was a read option, I thought I saw maybe a, a pound or two that was holding him back. And I'd be curious as what his weight was last year to start a season and what his weight is this year. Let's move on to Johnny Football. I'm sure you saw Johnny Football play. He didn't play oh, but God. he didn't play but a, a portion of a half, uh, because of coach of course the coach, you know, removed him from the game. Uh in terms of Johnny's performance on the field, how did you think he looked? I think his performance was great. I mean, I'm don't don't get me wrong, he is a great player. But when you look at his behavior, like he acted like a little brat on that field, and you can't and you can't act like that. Being in the Heisman, coming off the Heisman season, and you're they look at you to be another Heisman contender next year. So you got to be a leader for your team if you're going to be a, a Heisman contender for that year too. Now I hear and, what you're saying, and I said some of those same things. But I'm gonna share with you. everybody's gonna come back and say, "Come on, he's a kid. Let him have fun. He's just out there having fun. What's wrong with him having fun?" Oh uh, yeah, he had his fun. At the, he had his fun during the off season. It's game time, so you need to uh, so you need to make serious decisions. Well, I agree with you uh, on that, Chef Julia. As a matter of fact, you know, one reason why I think it should be is so important. And I, I'm just saying this not only for, for Johnny football, but I'm saying this for all college football players out there to understand now that, you know, based upon what's happened in the offseason, 
And the league had already started this thing where they were looking a little bit deeper into uh, some off-the-field characteristics of individuals, if you will, uh, when they're not on the football field. They want to know, they, they, they need to make a more in-depth investigation to the kind of person and the kind of character that you demonstrate outside of the football field. What you do on the football field is okay. Johnny has already had some questions off the field. And then he came back on the field and not did not conduct himself the way, you know, you want to see a Division One Heisman Trophy candidate, potentially, you know, a draft pick that some people might think, although I, I, I stop and think about that. Um, he should demonstrate and he should carry himself a little bit different. I, I think he puts himself in more jeopardy. Uh, he's not a wide receiver. He's not a running back. Those people are used to being in traffic all the time with people running at lightning speed and, and to avoid that kind of contact. Uh, but as a quarterback, when he gets out in space, uh, even if you are very athletic, like Michael Vick, one of the most athletic quarterbacks that ever were, you were putting yourself into danger when you get past the line of scrimmage. Uh, those are some, that's some serious contact. Those are some serious collisions that's being made. And I think by taunting people, Johnny might increase his chances of getting hurt. And that's what I meant by that. And I think you share the same thing in terms of, uh, you know, how he should conduct himself. But let me ask you, did he look like a Heisman Trophy candidate uh, to start off his season? Did, did, was there much drop in his performance? Or you, or you think he picked up exactly where he left off last year? Oh, no. Like, when you think about it, 24 points in one half, and that was just because he came back onto the field. But, yeah, like you said, there there are times where quarterbacks don't have to run. Like, when you look in the first two plays, he ran the ball just to get the crowd going, and that's good and all, but you can't you can't make that decision if, if it wasn't the right decision. Because if I looked at the first play, he had a wide-open receiver on the other side of the field. But... Um, yeah, as a Heisman contender, you can't make those, you can't be making those silly mistakes. Hey, Julian, I'll tell you what, Chef Julian, you're going to have to hold on. I'm going to have to take a break. Uh, it appears that we got to take a break here. We, we got to do that every now and then here on Rail of Sports. But certainly we're going to come back. So those of you who are listening, hey, if you want to call in, 888-346-9144. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got with me, Chef Julian out of the Hall of Fame City. We'll be right back after this. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got with me Chef Julian out of Hall of Fame City. Of course, you know he got to be a Buckeye fan, so he's a Buckeye fan. But now we're going to talk just a little bit, if we will. Um, no, nah, I don't think I want to talk about that. Oh, do I want to talk about it? Yeah, maybe I'll talk about that a little bit. Okay, let's talk a little bit about pro football, if you will. Of course, you know we don't talk about pro football. But one thing that I want to talk about is Tim Tebow. Do I really want to talk about Tim Tebow? I'm going to take the chance, and I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, you you, you look at a quarterback like Tim Tebow, who has got a second and a third chance, and and now he may get a fourth chance. Okay, when I say a a first chance, you know, obviously – he was in Denver, and, and, and then he left Denver, and he went to New England, and he, I think he might have been someplace else. So, Tim Tebow, what in the world and why in the world will Tim or those people out there in the business that think that Tim Tebow can play football, there's certain people in certain media outlets think that he's just he's a football player. If he's a football player, is there another position for him to play? And, and, and Chef Julian, if you will, just, just, just in your opinion, if Tim Tebow is a football player, would you think that it's time for Tim Tebow to step up and say, okay, yeah, I may have a desire to be an NFL quarterback, but I'm not an NFL quarterback, but I am a football player. And if any team out there needs a football player, I'm willing to play on your team. I think Tim Tebow's stubbornness, to, to be an NFL quarterback, which he will never be, not a starting quarterback, is preventing him from perhaps maybe getting a chance to play football in the National Football League because he's so stubborn and he's stuck on being a quarterback. Do you, in your mind, see him see Tim Tebow as possibly being an athlete that could play some other position in the National Football League? Uh-oh. Can you hear me, Chef Julian? Go ahead. Yeah, I um I don't know. I think I think if he was a backup, if he started off as a backup to a great quarterback, maybe they can turn him into a regular season quarterback. I don't think that he'll be like a an elite quarterback, but a quarterback that can help you win games. Okay, so let me ask you something. You say great quarterback and I gotta say to you, he just was in a position where he was behind a great quarterback because Tom Brady is a great quarterback. And Yeah, he had to win that position. All like he, like that time, he needed to win the position, and he couldn't win it. But I think it's not that 
Tim Tebow is a quarterback and a good one, I think it's just because he's a winner. He knows how to win games. So if you had a team and you, you had a team and you could only have two quarterbacks on your team, well, let's say three, stretch it. Some people may have three, but let's say you, got, you could have three quarterbacks. Is Tim Tebow one of your quarterbacks? No. <laughs> See, that's, and, and, that, and that's a consensus, I think, with most NFL teams. That's why he's not been picked up as a quarterback, is, is that he's not that good. Now, I'll tell you one thing, you know, so I think we've gone past Tim Tebow, but one thing that didn't surprise me, uh, because I, I certainly think he's, he's worthy of at least being a backup, is that Brady Quinn was picked up, but of all places, the New York Jets. You know, I, I don't know why the Jets picked him up. Uh, you talk about another winner. Uh, I, I think Vince Young, who was released, uh, could have been picked up by somebody. And again, I, you know, as, as, as when I start the show, he was he was not picked up. Um, but but what do you think about that? I mean, I, you know, Buffalo, and I think you and I talked about this off air. You know, Buffalo, I think they're in need of of, of a veteran quarterback. Um, but but Brady Quinn, did that surprise you that he ended up with the Jets? Um. Yeah, that really did surprise me. I mean, well, with the Buffalo Bills, though, I think that Vince Young should have went to the Buffalo Bills because everybody knows that once E.J. Manuel gets healthy, he'll be their starting quarterback. And I think Vince Young is the most similar quarterback to E.J. Manuel. So they, so the offense could get used to him for a couple of games, and then when E.J. Manuel comes back, they'll be used to his style of play. So why do you think a quarterback like Vince Young, and, and here you are, uh, you know, somebody who's an, uh, an advocate and, 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 and a fanatic about the sports, if you can see that, what would you think, why wouldn't you think an agent who represents a player would be on the phone, uh, you know, making that call? So let's be, let's, let's Chef Julian now be Agent Julian and you're Vince Young's agent. Who are you calling for Vince Young now? Um, oh, you're breaking up now, Julian. Oh, I think I may have lost Chef Julian. Did I lose him? Okay. I think we had a technical difficulty experience. Again, is he back? Chef Julian. Okay, so we lost him, so he'll have to call back in. But, yeah, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, really think about it. If you're an agent, and this is what, in my mind, this is what agent, agents do. And when Chef Julian is available again, I'll, I'll find out he'll be on the screen here and we'll get him back on. If you're an agent, your job as an agent is to do for a player what a player can't do for himself. And, and part of that deals with the fact that a player uh, unless he's his own agent, and most of the time they're not. You know, he can't pick up the phone. He doesn't have uh, on speed dial, and I got Chef Julian back. He doesn't have on speed dial, a player doesn't have, the phone numbers of general managers across the league and director of player personnel, you know, across the league uh, and, 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 and directors of head scouts, you know, pro scouting and college scouting on their speed dial, on their cell phones. But that's what a good agent is. A good agent has access to decision makers. So I'm going to ask you right now, Chef Julian, to step in the role of an agent representing Vince Young. And, and who are you calling right now if you think your players still can play in the National Football League? What team are you calling? Teams with quarterbacks that can run but have a great arm, too. Because then they won't have the – the team won't have to transition 
so much. Like, the transition won't be as hard. Like, if Tom Brady got hurt and they brought in Michael Vick as his backup, they would have to, like, change the whole game plan because he can run and he can pass. But with Vince Young, if he was Michael Vick's backup, it wouldn't be a problem. And so, in other words, you're saying that you have to, you want to take your quarterback and find a system that your client can fit into and it won't cause much of a problem that they don't have to put together a special package just for your client. So you want to go somewhere where uh, the offense is built around the talent of an individual who basically, and I believe this, I, I've just always been, I, and I don't know why it happens, but it does happen. And follow me on this, if you will. Majority of times when you're kids, the best athlete on the team is your quarterback. In junior high school, in Pop Warner, in high school, you know, your quarterback, a lot of times the quarterback used to be your quarterback and your free safety. So your quarterback could basically do it all. You know, in college, he's, you know, things start changing a little bit. You know, it's the same thing in baseball. When you're a kid in Pop Warner, then you get the Pony League a little bit, you know, your, your, your pitcher is your best athlete. He can not only pitch, he hitting home runs. And then when you get to the pros, it, it's a little bit different. You know, uh, when you're in, in Pop Warner, uh, well, let, let's not Pop Warner, but when you're playing, you know, travel basketball, it, it's the same thing. You know, your best athlete on that basketball team, you know, he's, he could do everything. He could do it all, you know. And that's why, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe and LeBron, them, I think, would be the, you know, the greatest basketball players of all time because they can do it all. They can shoot. They can play defense. They can dribble. You know, they can jump, they can rebound, you know, they can do it all. You, you, I, I can't see how anybody could say Will Chamberlain or, or, or Bill Russell, the greatest basketball players ever. What the hell, they, they couldn't dribble. They couldn't shoot jump shots. You know, they, they couldn't, come on, they couldn't pass like these guys pass today. So when I look at a Vince Young, I think a quarterback that can, again, like we talked about Braxton Miller, that can run if needed but doesn't always think about running first. And so I, I, I would think that when you look at somebody like Vince Young and, and you think about a quarterback that could just keep the play alive, you know, I think if, if Pittsburgh needed a quarterback, that wouldn't be a bad place for him. You know, Ben gets beat up a lot. I think Ben takes too much punishment. Uh, that certainly should be someplace that he said. But but I, I like perhaps maybe like you said with him being in, in, in Buffalo. What other quarterback controversies are out there in the National Football League, Julian, that, uh, that you think is very interesting? Well, I didn't want to bring this up, but the New York Jets. <laughs> well, uh, well, okay. Like we said, Brady Quinn ended up there. But, you know, where is the controversy there? Do you agree, as uh, they said on the Big Boy Show this morning, that perhaps maybe – Mark Sanchez might get a one-way ticket out of New York, or do you see Mark Sanchez staying there, uh, recovering from his injuries and becoming the starting quarterback, or do you see another scenario playing out? I mean, I never think if you are going to draft a quarterback, it's not just so you can bring him on the team. They have to have a reason to bring uh, a quarterback like Geno Smith to the Jets. They have to have a reason for him to be on there. So are you like, saying that Geno Smith is not a backup quarterback in the National Football League? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you don't draft a quarterback in the first or second round just so they can be a backup. Um, yeah, that is just, that's just something that you just don't do. 
So, so as are you saying that Mark Sanchez, who's if I'm not mistaken, took them to two AFC championships, that his time in New York is is limited and it may almost be over. In fact, it might be over. Is that what you do? I hear you saying that. Yeah, like when you think about it, the Saints drafted Mark Ingram in the first round, and Reggie Bush then tweeted after that. After that, he said, "Well, it's been nice knowing you, New Orleans, because he knew." you don't just draft a running back like Mark Ingram in the first round just so he could be a backup to Reggie Bush. He knew he was going away. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I want to give a shout-out to my man Wes Hopkins, who was uh, the strong safety at SMU uh, when I was playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, and we drafted Wes, and I thought my, I thought the writing was on the wall for me, but the team came to me. Fred Bruni came to me, my secondary coach, and said, Ray, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. What we're going to do, we're going to move Wes to free. But there's only one quarterback position. So it's not like you could play in the same backfield with, <laughs> with Geno Smith and, uh, and Mark Sanchez. So there's only room for one quarterback. But, again, I, you know, I, I think that situation in New York has more to do with the head coach. And, and, and I think Rex is more of the problem than the players because Rex can't make a decision and stick with it. You know, it's his guy. He, he stuck with Mark Sanchez so far, but he shouldn't have created any other controversy by bringing any other people that people think could be a direct competitor with Sanchez and sort of supported him in the role that he was in. And I think Mark's confidence would have been a little bit better than it is now. Uh, but when you start bringing people in, like you say, that you don't bring in, that people know these are not, you know, backup people. Uh, these are people that are, you know, starting or, or certainly contenders for a starting position. Then, then, then I guess you know, Rex, you you kind of made that bed. You got to lay in it. Do you agree that Rex is part of that problem, or or you think something else, maybe? Oh yeah, definitely. I believe that he cannot make a decision on who should be the starting quarterback, and like. It just shows you because when he had that interview with the media. Hey, Julian, I'm sorry, back. Chef. Julian, I'm sorry. I need to I need to cut you off there to tell him that we got to take a break. We're going to take this last break, and then we're going to come back. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Chef Julian who he think going to win that Monday night game. That's important to me. That's what matters to me. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Chef Julian on the Hall of Fame City with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. 
They help make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phineas, living like it matters. Chef Julian on the Hall of Fame City is with me. We're going to go through this real fast. Chef Julian, before we went, what was cooking to you is that Rex, I believe, you think Rex Ryan might be fried, done, and, you know, he might be out of there. You think Rex is part of the whole situation due to the fact he can't make a decision and stick with it on his starting quarterback. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, and I think this problem started last year too when it was Tim, when Tim Tebow was there. That's why he created he created two whole packages for Tim Tebow because he did not he did not know a good way to tell him that he's not the starting quarterback. And if you look, he only used those plays about nine times out of the whole season, and none of them were successful. They probably got like negative two yards the whole out of the whole season. And this goes with. This this year he can't he doesn't know who's going to be the starting quarterback because the injuries and their preseasons were awful, and you got to make a decision as a head coach. You got to make a decision on who's going to be the starting quarterback and who do you think can take you to a championship. Well, one thing I will say about the National Football League is when you bring somebody in, first of all, that is supposed to be of the elite as it relates to talent you don't have to create something special in order for them to shine. They have talent. They have elite talent. And mano on mano or or, or, or man against 11 men, he, that one man can succeed. You know, it's like, it's like a punt returner. He's got his other people or a kickoff returner. He's got his other people surround him, but he's the only one with the ball. And everybody else is trying to get him. And, and he's able to work his way through them and exceed – Ted Ginn, okay. So you know what I'm saying. So when it comes to the quarterback, same thing. You don't have to create – if you've got an elite talent, you don't have to create special situations or special plays for somebody who's supposed to be an elite talent. So to me, that just wipes out the question right there. If you've got to ask a question in a different way to get the same answer, okay, <laughs> he ain't good enough, bottom line. So let's move on because there's some good games that's coming up this week. And, and of course, I want to see the Eagles and the Redskins. And, and, and of course, you know, I, I got my Browns playing too. So I don't care who the Browns play. I'm always hoping that somebody ain't ready so that they can sneak one in and get a victory out. Uh, but but let, me, let me start, if you will. You got RG3 against Michael Vick. You know, for whatever reason, you know, Mike coming off a few injuries, banged up last year. Obviously, RG3 coming off something major. Um, RG3, Michael Vick, you know, two very mobile quarterbacks, two men that can throw, two men who look to throw first, to run second, but can run. But running has cost them, mm, I would say, at least a chink in their armor as it relates to longevity of their careers because those injuries will keep up with them, kind of like we were talking about with Johnny Manziel. But how do you see that game playing out, and do you think – RG3 will finish the game. 
Do you think Michael Vick will finish the game, and who do you think will win? Uh, yeah, I think RG3 will play, but I just don't think that he'll be the RG3 that we know and we got used to. You don't, I don't think he'll become the rookie of the year RG3 until probably week three when they're really sure that his knee can take the punishment that his body, his body is taking. But And I really think that I don't know about our offense. The I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles offense, I don't know if they can protect Michael Vick enough for him to get the ball off or for him to go for a run of five yards or anything. I cannot – you can't trust this offensive line. There's got to be one person every play that does something just wrong assignment. They go to the Mike linebacker when they should have got the left end and – when it comes to mistakes like that, you can't trust the offensive line. But I, but I, 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 I'm going to cut you off there, Chef Julian. I know exactly what you're saying, but I believe that what we were dealing with last year was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, two or three starters on the offensive line were done last year. So Mike was that. That was a you know go to the bar, go to the club, get somebody in here, put somebody in here type line that Mike was behind last year. I think it's been reinforced now, and people who were on injury reserve are back, and I think he's got a, you know, a more solid um, you know, veteran line in front of him this year. Yeah, but, yeah I, I, think, I think it's going to be better, but I don't think it's going to be enough to stop the Washington, the Washington defensive line and you know they got Brian Arakpo is back, and yeah. they got a few other defensive linemen that they picked up. And to be honest, I don't think their defensive line is gonna. I don't think their offensive line is gonna hold off that defensive line much longer. Well, I think, and I, and I I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna let you stay there. But I, but I believe that Mike again is a, a, a got another year under his belt. And another year where he didn't finish another year of football. And I think after a while, it sinks in. And I, and I believe it'll sink in this year. I believe this year we see the Michael Vick that we've been waiting to see is the one that doesn't take chances, the one that doesn't care about throwing the ball away, the one who, who doesn't care about running out of bounds uh, or, or, you know, or taking a sack. And I, I think he is a smarter football player this year than he's, than he's been in the past. But obviously you believe that uh, that they both will – finish the game. So so that's a good thing. So let me ask you a little bit. You got the, the Minnesota Vikings against the Detroit Lions. Everybody want to see. I'm sure he's everybody's number one fantasy guy. Uh, of course, we're, we're talking about all day Adrian Peterson. Uh, Adrian Peterson against the Lions. How you feel about it? Is Adrian starting off with a 100-yard game, a 200-yard game? How do you think he starts off the season? This is, this is one of the games that I have circled on this week because the Detroit Lions running defense was kind of terrible last year. Like they give up, they gave up a lot of touchdowns, they gave up a lot of yards. So I can't wait to see what they did, what they changed to stop Adrian Peterson. And I don't know about this season for AP because I gotta admit they have a team that they want to that they want to write down on that board the first time they get back after the season. And they got a player that they want to write on that board. And that's the first team they got is San Francisco, and the player they got is Adrian Peterson. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're aware of that because uh, San Francisco, I think San Francisco is going to be the place, second place, 
where that uh, in order to get to the Super Bowl, you might have to go through San Francisco. I'll tell you later on in the year who my first pick is, but but San Francisco is definitely going to be in the hunt. Okay, let me ask you about another game, uh, the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, now you look at the Falcons, you know, they, they, they ready to go back to the Super Bowl. They thought it was theirs. They should have it. They don't have it. And and the Saints, you know, Drew Brees, and, and, and he's ready to bounce back from last year's season. All kind of stuff was going on, you know, about all that stuff behind him now. Are the Saints back to the old Saints, or you know the Falcons could just count this as a win and on to the next one? Yeah, they're they're back to their old selves. I think the Saints are going to go back to their old selves. One player that has to be on watch in this game is Jimmy Graham, and another player on the on the Falcons is Steven Jackson. One, uh, you got to look and see what Steven Jackson is going to bring to this team in the first week. This is his put-up-or-shut-up moment, and the same thing for Jimmy Graham because that last season was god-awful. Well, uh, you know, I mean, is there a better tight end in, in the league? Uh, there, There is, but he's had about four or five surgeries over this offseason, so maybe he is the best tight end in the league. Well, I, I certainly hope that he that he shows up because, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Falcons do too, and, and and you're right about the big fella, man. It's time for you to shut up and put up using St. Louis for all them years. And you know, wow, you you had a lot of opportunities, but you didn't have anything around you. You got a, a supporting cast around you. Uh, one last, one last one. Uh, we got to go fast here. The Ravens and the Broncos. We got about 15 seconds, man. The Ravens and the Broncos used to be a game we look forward to. Uh, a lot of stars going out of Baltimore. What do you think? Denver just you know don't even. It's not even a game for Denver, or the Ravens show up and and maybe surprise. I got Joe Flacco fighting his hardest, but I got the Denver Broncos just smashing them. Yeah, I think this. Uh, I think Peyton need to get it done pretty soon, else uh, you know the door may be closing on him. He don't want Eli to have more rings than he has. Hey, Chef Julian, I appreciate it, man. You're calling in from the Hall of Fame city, and I know what's cooking out there. The Buckeyes is hot. Y'all make sure you keep following. Maybe the Browns do their thing too. Cincinnati may surprise some people. Yeah, we talking about the heart of it all, the state of Ohio and in particular the Hall of Fame city. But I got some time here. I got about 30 seconds. Uh, again, want to appreciate and, and thank, uh, you know, Chef Julia for calling in. You're welcome to call anytime. I'll be checking back with you. But as you guys know, it's that time. So be sure to check me out next week, 888-346-9144. You can call in and have a talk with me. But as far as I'm concerned, the show is over. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellissports.com. And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.